Good morning, Rock Bible Church. Hey, it's good to see you. It's good to be back. I watched online last week. It was fun. I was very excited. I was kind of hoping I would show up and catch a sighting of uh, Bryce and Therese or Brent and Ashley, but I think they've gone home. So uh, it was good to see him, though, wasn't it? It was like flashback day. So. Uh, good to uh, good to see that, and uh, thanks for all of you and letting us be a church that gets to do that kind of stuff. Amen. Amen. You you know what else we did last Sunday? I got a I got a photo. You want to see it? Yeah. There we go. That's gonna come on. Right. Oh. Congratulations. Bars. Yes, uh, it's my privilege now to introduce for the second time Mr. and Mrs. Nathan and Joy Barr. So, you already kissed last week, so you don't have to kiss this week. And there's none of those glasses. Although I may have rung the glass too many times last week. I was having a little fun. Yeah, you ring the glass and then they got a kiss. They're very slow about that. I got questions, so. Hey, um, is today important? Today's the worst day of the year for us Raider fans. One more reminder of a playoff we didn't even make, we didn't even participate. We're, we live now in the land of gambling and we can't even get in at the door. So um, that's my silver and black today. But somebody told me that I have to pick a side. I have to choose. I'm very conflicted because uh, I know the Apostle Paul. He was a Chiefs fan. <laughs> you don't. You don't know this. He said, "Of of all the sinners, I'm the chief of all sinners." So, but I'm pretty sure. I think God might be a 49ers fan. Yeah. I do not know this on firsthand basis. But I know St. Francisco is, I'm sure, a 49er fan, and I think he's, he's pretty close to God. So I've, uh, <coughs> blasphemy is one of my spiritual gifts, just so you know. Um, so I'm, I'm, going, I'm going red. I'm going for the red team. That's my, I'm silver and black, but I got, I got a little bit of red here. So, yeah, whichever red, red team wins, I'm on the bandwagon. I found a way to uh, win. Yeah, uh, so praise God, there's more important things than football, amen? amen? And we got to experience that last Sunday, and we're going to experience that every Sunday. And I just, I just want to um, make sure the losers know tonight at around 8 or 9, God is still God, amen? amen. I know, and some, I knew some one of you was going to say that there's no losers. If you go to the Super Bowl and you lose, that doesn't mean you're a loser said every loser ever <laughs> right you go to the winner's locker room and what are they going to say we give them a lot of respect for losing right they don't say it outright but um hey let's talk about winning in life amen uh, i love the what the bumper video as we're coming up here to continue our series in the book of john 
chapter 5 today, by the way. It ends with, to all those who would, anybody catch it? Believe. Yeah. Uh, we're going to end chapter 5 with that thought. And so today we're going to talk about what, we, what, what are some of the things we're going to believe just from this one passage. You know, uh, for most of you, you understand we go through passage at a time through a book and that way we don't skip anything and I can't cheat. And uh, I have to hit all the topics. So we're going to have a little fun today. We're going we're gonna to watch Jesus break some ground and it's going to be unbelievable. Amen? Uh, and that's why today's called unbelievable groundbreaking all right so let's pray uh and then we'll jump right in lord thanks for uh first nathan joy probably joy and nathan uh and just that and we get to do things like that and we do that because of the season we just finished the god with us season most call it christmas uh, may remember it's you and because of you with us uh, we can do all things, and we're going to see that this morning. Lord, may we more than see it, more than read it, pray that you'd help us witness it in our own lives by our own belief, our own faith, our own asking or trusting, uh, expecting that you are God of promises. And so I, today, today, Lord, I, I just pray that we would eliminate some words from our vocabulary and then heighten some. And we pray that we do that with your son and his name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Chapter five. Did I say that? John chapter five, verse one. Here we go. All right. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. The are the originators of the potluck, just so you know. All right. I'm, I'm pretty sure they were Southern Baptists before Southern Baptists. Um, and the Jews went, uh, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed, and Raider fans. Um, what's the list? What's the list here? Uh, Comically accentuated by the joke. What, 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 who's, who's waiting by these pools? The infirm. Like, let's, let's give me some street language. Who are these people? They're the losers. Right? They're the chiefs tonight at 9 o'clock, right? Oh, did I just make a prediction? You can probably bet against it now. So I'm just hoping for a purdy game. That as a Christian, I can believe it. So... A little punny there. Um, these are these are the bottom of the barrel. Uh, societies overlooked them. It's over for many of them, and they just they just want what? How would you say? It? What are they looking for? I just want a chance. Just just crack the door a little bit. I need a little bit of light. I need a prayer. I want some relief. Whatever it is. Um, and I know you've never felt like that. That's good because you're all perfect in every way, right? Um, you never had to sing what we just sang, so why would he fail me now? Um, what's their position on failure? These people. Fail already happened. I, I just want a win. I'll take a small win. Just, just, just let me in the playoffs. Just 
just let me show up, right? A little shout out to my uh, soccer team. We just want to get into the playoffs. Just give us a shot. And so they're, they're laying there. And watch this, this guy in verse 5. One man was there who had been invalid for 38 years. It's like a year more than I've been alive. Uh, 38 years. I mean, we've got people in the room that aren't that old. I, can you imagine you can't move for 38 years? Uh, why is he still laying there? I'd have gave up a long time ago. I, I might have gave up 38 days in. And he can't leave. Why can't he leave? The same reason he can't get in the pool. I can't move. I mean, talk about losing. Ah, just tragic. I don't, I don't want to watch the documentary. I can't handle it. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there, this is, this is great irony. I, I would border it on comedy right here. Watch, watch this phrase right here. Saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time. That's awesome. Why is it not comedy? Because it's true. Why is it beautiful irony? Because he knew. He knew. Here's our little devotional thought from this verse before we move on and get to some of the bigger stuff. And we're going to see if this competes with the bigger stuff. Whatever you've been through, whatever has been a loss or a fail or a doubt or a fear or tragic or whatever, does he know? Yeah. Watch this one. He was probably there. What's wrong with that statement? What's wrong with that statement? He was there. Don't you dare put probably in there, Scott. Not probably was there. He was there. He witnessed the whole thing. Did Jesus just accidentally walk up to this pool? No. Does he know who this guy is? Right? He, he, he started his public ministry just a few days back at a wedding. Right? Which, by the way, if you haven't seen that scene in the Chosen series, that one's fun. You, you might need, if, just watch that part. If, if you can't watch all of it, just at least watch that one. So he absolutely knows what he's walking up on. Right? I w when you read scripture, I want you to um, know when to smirk. Because Jesus is walking up on this scene, and you, you have to know that there's a little side of him who's walking up, going, I know what's about to happen here. This is going to be fun. We're going to blow some minds. I'm going to break some ground that no one thought, no one thought could ever be broken. I'm going I'm to shake the world for all eternity. I'm about to establish who I am. You thought the wine was cute? Watch this, <laughs> right? Look what I could do, <laughs> right? He's, he's going to have a little fun right here. You had, you had to know he was smirking as he walks up on this. And watch what he says to him. This, this is how you know he was smirking. Hey, uh, you want to be healed? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he wasn't laughing. And I know I'm bordering on heresy by joking about it right now. But, but why am I laughing? Because we know what's going to happen. 
do you want to be healed? Does he know that the guy wants to be healed? He knows that as much as he knows he's been there for 38 years. Why is he asking? Just engaging, right? Hey, I see you. I know you. He goes straight to the, straight to the core. Does he go, hey, do you know who I am? Have you made offerings this year? You know, does he, does he go into any other peripheral? He hits right, straight at the core issue. Um, he could do that for us. That's the way he rolls, right? Hey, you want to be healed? <laughs> Duh. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I'm going, another steps down before me. So he, he had some kind of movement, it sounds like. He just was very slow. I have no chance, right? He says, do I want to be healed? Well, I got a limitation here. I got a perception of what can and can't happen based on my known experience. What's he about to do to that known experience? What's he about to do to his expectations? More importantly, what is he about to do to his limits? Right? When the water stirs up, I can't get down there. Jesus said to him, Let's skip the pool. You don't even have your suit on. Did you bring a towel? How about we just skip that whole thing? How about I move at the speed of thought? Get up. What are the chances of him getting up on his own? Yeah, zero. That's a good, good guess, good number. Um, if he could get up, what are the odds of him taking up his bed? And then on top of that, walking. He goes trifecta on this kid. Hey, get up, take your bed, and walk. Man, I would have been happy with any one of the three if I was, if I was him. He says, not only are we going to solve this, how about, how about we go back to fully functional? Right? How many of you are fully functional? The three of you and I, we're going to argue later. Okay? The rest of you all were correct. <laughs> right? None of us are fully functional. We all have limits. We all have expectations. We all have lived experiences that create doubt and fear, mystery, unknown, and joy sometimes when we, when we crack into it on accident. Like, oh, I, I accomplished something. Wow, I didn't know I could do that. When all along, we, we've got a God who can show up on the scene. He knows exactly what's going on. He hit the core issue right away. And then he says, how about more than just one thing? Let's jump to three. How about I multiply? We're going to go exponential. I love that he, does, he doesn't, there's no small talk. There's no, would you like me to get you to the pool? Or would you like me to get a friend to help you to get the pool? Or He just says, I'll just skip that whole thing. I wonder how many of us are dwelling on stuff we could skip if we were paying attention to him. Doubts that freeze you from action or weakness, disbelief that gives you permission to continue to do what you know is wrong. 
fear of what change would have to look like in the work that you'd have to do, the effort, the cost, uh, the image, the titles, the commentaries, the postings on the social media. I hate that stuff. He says, just, hey, how about, how about just get up and watch this. How long did it take him? Verse 9, and at once. <laughs> Zero delay. Right? Immediate results. At once the man was healed. Then he took up his bed and walked. That trifecta, those are just signs. What really changed is condition. I, I was thinking this week, there's a lot of us that can get up, take beds, and walk, but our condition is in question. What do you think happened to this guy in this moment? The moment he starts to move something he couldn't move before, what changed? You use an overarching phrase. What changed? Everything. Everything changed. We're going to watch him here because he's going to do some commentary in here in just a second. It's pretty good stuff, too. I uh, took up his bed and walked, and uh, now that day was the Sabbath. <laughs> Whoops. Um, there's this uh, little list. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the commandments. It's in Exodus chapter 20. There's a bunch of them. You, know, you should love the Lord your God. You know, all these things. Have no idols. One, one of them, I think, is um, you shall keep the Sabbath for the Lord worked for six days and on the seventh he rested so you shall rest concept no work no work on the sabbath right that's what um we get in that it's weird though because we take that no work on the sabbath you, you know you can go to israel right now and you can get in an elevator with somebody and they will ask you to push the button to go up the elevator because pushing a button in the elevator is considered work. <clears throat> and I love uh, Mark Campbell. Some, many of you know him. He's been here many times. He's done men's ministry stuff with them. He's one of our missionaries that we support as a church with his uh, work down in Santa Cruz and uh, unreached groups stuff. He says, yeah, I got in the elevator one time, and this guy's like, hey, can you push the button for me? And Mark's like, why is that? Well, it's the Sabbath. And Mark's response, oh, so you want me to sin for you? Is that really what you're asking me to do? You're asking me to sin on your behalf because you won't do it? I'm not touching the button for you. In fact, I'm getting off. I'll take the stairs. Which, when you go up the stairs, is more work, right? Take the stairs, buddy. We come up with rules. We make extra rules based on perceptions, expectations, lived experiences that we think we're somehow accomplishing something. And you know what it is? We're paralyzed. We paralyze ourselves. Is Jesus allowed to do whatever He wants, whatever day it is? Yeah. Last I checked, He was never bound by time. I love this. Now this day was the Sabbath. So the Jews, right, watch this so great, said to the man who had been healed, um, how'd you get healed? Did they say that? Yeah. No. How'd this happen? When did it happen? Oh my goodness, let's celebrate. Congratulations, so happy for you. None of that. You violated the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to take up your bed. Yeah, it's probably not lawful for him to walk home if it's too far because walking a certain distance would be a violation as well. 
That's what you want to worry about? But don't worry, we never worry about the wrong things. Today, he answered them. Uh, there was this guy, and he healed me. By the way, I'm healed. Right? A very subtle way of bringing attention back to what's really the issue. That man said to me, take up your bed and walk. What's he saying? I've been laying there for 38 years watching you guys run your traps and you did nothing for me. This guy shows up once and in seconds heals me. I'm taking orders from him. Man, what would happen if we started taking orders from Jesus? Stop looking at certain things. Stop going certain places. Stop putting certain things in our body. Stop saying certain things. What would change? Everything. Get your own new trifecta. And watch this. Uh, they said, verse 12, uh, who's this guy? Who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Who is he? I guess, uh, well, we're not going to get mad at you, but we are going to go get him. Now, the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn. As there was a crowd in that place. Afterward, Jesus found in the temple, said to him, See, you are well. Um, I want to make sure you don't miss this, because like, I totally could miss this. Where is he? Where did the dude go? He didn't wander off down the aisle. He didn't wander off back to go fishing or do something else. He went to, we, we say a word that starts with W and ends with ship. What's he doing? Everything's changed. I got to go give glory to God. I got to go honor God. And Jesus finds him in the temple. How awesome is that? You can miss that if you read too fast. Right? Found him in the temple. Hey, you're well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. Ooh. I want to make sure we're really clear. Some have made the incorrect conclusion that this guy had sinned. That's why he was invalid for 38 years. Well, that's what it says right there. It says, no, no, no. Something worse could happen to you. Something worse than 38 years of invalid when you sin. You thought 38 years was bad. Turn from God. And you can do eternity. Invalid. There's a very profound statement. We could do a whole sermon just, just on that, right? He says, hey, look, there's a bigger, different game going on than you have any idea about, right? Man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. That's called testifying or witnessing or evangelism, I like to say. And this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing things on the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. So terrible to do things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them. Watch this. This is, this is meat. This is heavy right here. My father is working. What does God do on the Sabbath now? In Exodus chapter 20, when it says, you shall keep the Sabbath, Who's the command to? It's to us. God is not commanded to keep the Sabbath continuously. He may, he may not. But God doesn't have the command of himself. He has the command of us. And most of his commandments we get wrong. 
I love that Jesus points out, hey, look, dad's working. And the implication is all the time. And then watch this. My father is working until now. And I'm working. Ooh. There's a subtle commandment doesn't apply to me statement in that claim right there. Right? Because if he's working and he's not in trouble, you know, he must be outside the command. He must be outside of just human. Right? Love that. There's no way they can answer that. And that's why the section ends right there and they start to move on. Because, I mean, it was a mic drop moment. Right? And, and by the way, healing on the Sabbath, was it, was it a worthy, worth thing to do? Yeah. It was great. It was healing. It's what we're called to. It's the type of God that we have. This is why, verse 18, Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but watch this, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself what? Equal, Equal to God. This is what I love about um, apologetics. You know, they understand uh, the concept of apologetics, making sense of being able to argue the logic between the existence of God and is evangelism worth it and how to creation out. Getting into the detail of the apologetics is what they call it is great. One of the things that you learn is, you know, we're not the only ones that claimed that Jesus was who he was. His enemies admitted it. His enemies admitted that that's what he claimed. So I love when people say, oh, well, how do we even know that he existed? Because his enemies validated his existence by killing him. I love that. It's a great proof for us that we can trust and we can believe. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you. Wait, did I skip something right there? Did we go back? No, no, we didn't. Okay. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you. The son can do nothing of his own accord. But only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him how much? Shows him all that he himself is doing. We're, we're referring now back to work, right? And then watch, he says it again. And greater works than these will he show him. Why? So that you may marvel. So that you can be confused in a good way. So that you can say, what a mystery. So that you can, without threat, acknowledge you've yet to understand. At some point, we get to a place where the need for understanding, knowing, making sense, goes out the window because we have trust and faith that someone else knows, has full sense, and is in control of all of it. Oh, shoot. I can let him pick and choose and work. Find out what he loves. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, verse 21, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. That's awesome. Is he dead yet on the cross? No, he's still walking around and he says in the present tense, I give life. Just love that. To whom he will. That means some and not others. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. 
that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. No wonder they wanted him dead. These are absolute statements. Full of clarity. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Man, that flies in the face of the Pharisees and the Jews, the scribes and the Sadducees. And he, just, he just really kind of threw them all out. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me, he has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Man, is he breaking ground? You guys think that life comes from this, that, and the other, from not walking too far, not picking someone up at the wrong hour. You guys are clueless. My dad knows what's going on, and by the way, he's turned everything over to me. That's wonderful. Verse uh, 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here where the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. He's making all these statements about God, and then He makes the exact same statement about Himself. Right? This is one of the arguments we use for Trinitarian doctrine. And He has given Him authority to execute judgment because He is the Son of Man. And that's the big phrase from the whole First Testament. The Son of Man will come. The Son of Man this. Son of Man that. And he says, that's me. Because he is speaking of himself. I do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Ooh. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus has figured out the equation for how to be human. He knows who he's following. He knows who the boss is. I just get in line with what God's doing and what he loves. And bam, everything becomes clear. If I alone bear witness about myself, if it was just me self-promoting, shamelessly self-promoting, like some of the people we saw on TV or in sports in the last week. Uh, there, is, there is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony he bears about me is true. You sent to John, that's the witness, and he's borne witness to this truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. I'm not the only one saying it, and, and all of us are working on helping you get unstuck out of loss, out of fail, to hope, to health, to healing, to chance, to joy. He was a burning and shining lamp, verse 35. You were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. You came to see the sideshow, but that's all you gave it credit for. But, verse 36, the testimony that I have is greater than that of John for the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, there's work again, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. So who else is a witness? Not just John, but the Father, right? 
And the Father who sent me, he himself bore witness about me. His voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and that it is they that bear witness about me. Does the Bible bear witness to Christ? Yeah. Is it primary? There's only one entity that's primary. God himself. The scriptures are another tool. Are, are they... Are they primary in general compared to other things? Yes, but there's, there's only one pinnacle, right? Is Jesus himself. If you have the choice to read through this thing or stand in the presence of Jesus, that's an easy one, right? Okay, you can have the book. I'll take the real thing. <clears throat> Are we... Yeah, 40. Uh, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. And I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I've come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in, my, in his own name, you will receive him. And how, you, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? I think that phrase could fit in perfectly in this current age. We are going to celebrate a ton at what happens this afternoon somewhere. Oh, Raider fans, we're going to cry. But we have a ward show. Praise God, I missed that. Um, we have a ward show. We pat ourselves on the back on all kinds of things. And really only one thing matters, right? God himself. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you. <laughs> His name is Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote of me. We have another witness. Moses. We got scripture as a witness. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. There's um, so much in this chapter. I mean, 47 verses. It's kind of two different sections uh, per se. But I, th I think we need to understand some of the overarching things that are being broken here. The ground we thought was stable that Jesus just mashes up and says, I know you're not going to believe this, but um, you've been off. And I want to show you what reality is. Right? Is our perception reality? That's the easiest question I may have asked in church, other than who's most important? Jesus. That's the easiest question. Is our perception off? A little bit. Okay, so is our perception reality? How often? It's never reality. There are more things outside of your ability to perceive, outside of your sentences. There are things going on in other places behind your back, too deep for you, right? Even the wisest of thoughts of man are but foolishness to God. 
So we have to make sure we're clear on the stuff that is actual reality in his book. And then we've got to buy the stuff that he says, hey, that stuff you're standing on over there, sand, you're building your house on that stuff. And man, you don't even need a big flood. You don't need a big storm. That'll crumble the first time it's tested. Right? By the way, which is where we get our name, right? Welcome to Rock, Rock Bible Church. Christ-centered? Biblically-based. Which one's first? Christ. All right, so primary. Again, we did a little work before we did the naming and the cue phrases, right? Um, what's being broken here? Uh, i give you a little setup sentence for our three fill-ins. You know, Jesus breaks unbelievable ground when he does what when he heals did he heal in the story yeah get up i love that it says and he was immediately healed when he heals physical limits got limits had some limits this weekend i said i'm gonna do this my body was like no (laughs) nice try old man you're not 17 anymore. You're like three times that plus some. What are your limits? Could you name them? If I gave you a few seconds, could you make a list of 10 on that piece of paper you have in your hand? Things that you think are physical limits? Okay. Is that your perception? What limits does Jesus have? Hmm. Okay. See that thing, that little symbol after limits? What's that called? A, a backslash? A forward slash? Let's we'll just call it slash. All right? Limits, slash. Why would you put a slash in a sentence? What are you trying to do? Because you're adding some options, right? It could be limits or it could be something else, right? I want to make sure. Thank you, Robin, for jumping the gun. If you could just be in the penalty box for like two minutes. Okay. No, she's, she gets stars on the board next to her name. I wish we still did that. Probably somebody would complain about it being inequitable. Um, he heals beyond our limits or our perceptions. He heals beyond physical limits or physical perceptions. All right, let's do this. Ready? Invalid, 38 years, laying by the pool. Did he have physical limits? Are you sure? I read a couple sentences later, Jesus said, get up. Did he get up? Did he have a limit then? What did he have? Last word, last word. He had a perception. Could it be Some of our limits are actually after the slash. Either it's a perceived limit, but in reality, there's a way to break through, a way to push through. In fact, it might just be your fear that's holding you back or a medication, a conversation, or like my kids, a freaking phone call. If you just call them and find out, you have the answer. And yet, we perceive that we have a limit and then our perception becomes our functional reality, but not our reality. 
Because any minute, could Jesus walk on the scene and say, let's dance. Goody? I'm going to try it again. Let's see if we learned it. Do you have physical limits? Any? Let's try this again. Invalid guy, 38 years, couldn't get in the pool. That's what he thought. I asked you, was it a limit or was it a perception? Because a couple verses later, he said, get up, and the guy was healed. Did he have a limit or a perception? He had a perception. Do you have any real limits, physical limits? No. You have an ingrained, deathly petrifying perception but you also have God. You have Jesus. We just came through a season and there was this glorious decoration. It's a little baby. In the, right? What do we call that season? I'm changing the name. Advent, I like that. I'm changing the name. It was God with us season. It was God with us. And He shows up. He shows up. To eliminate that word. There's, there's no such things as limits with him. With man, it is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And what's the problem then? My perception is he's late or he doesn't want to. Or he's trying to teach me a lesson. I hate when he teaches me lessons. Thank you, Sally, for making that deathly personal. That was awesome. Um, see, here's the thing. You got a slash. Now you got to make a choice. Which word do you want to? Which one do you want to cross out? I'm, you know what? I'm trying to cross that. I'm working on crossing out that word. It's really hard. I have too many lived experiences. I have too many expectations. I have too many emotions. I have way too many thoughts. And I have plenty of haters. Sally. <laughs> Woo! That girl. I'm, we're, we're having Sally, we're having fun because most of the rest of them couldn't handle it, okay? <laughs> Me and you. All right, we're entertaining the group. Praise God. Cross out limits, and then which two underlying words do you have? You know what he's doing? He's healing your perceptions. There's, there's no limits with him. That, that vocabulary word does not exist when he applies it to himself. Who's the only one that has that word in their vocabulary? Us. It says, let me help you with your perceptions. Dude, I know where you've been. I know how long you've been here. And I know you want to be You want to be healed? You want to dance? Yes. Get up. Why did he even try to get up? After 38 years, why did he even try? I struggle. If I, I think about me being 38-year guy on the floor if I even attempt, because I know me. I'm a doubter. I'm a pessimist. My word for the year is no. 
right? I, I just, would I, would I even try? And if I didn't try, was it a perception problem or a limit problem? It was absolutely a perception problem. Well, I don't know if this relationship is going to work out. Yeah, you're right, you don't. It's going to suck at times. I don't know if this investment's going to work. I might lose some money. Yeah, you might. You might lose it all. But at least you played. I don't know if this is the right job with me or if I'm going to get along with my boss. Wham! Jump in. Get up. It's the great thing that he says to Abraham. Get up, Abe. Moses, get up. Go to the land I'll send you. Hey, say this. When they say that, at some point, we got to get past what we have as perceived limits and start letting him heal our perceptions. You have to know, I was like blown away this week when I was looking at this. Going, I can't wait for Sunday. <laughs> they think I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl. I'm not. I love this. And, and he walks in and the boldness of Jesus to say, hey, get up. Know this, know this. The hardest part, you think, of that story is Jesus telling him to get up. Know this. The hardest part of that story is actually what Jesus does to identify himself before mankind. Because there's something way bigger going on than one dude getting up, carrying a bed, and taking a stroll. He says, this is what this is about. Does he talk about it again in the passage? No. Does John write about it in the passage again? No. What does he write about? The Father's this way, and that's me. The Father's this way, and only the Son of Man, and that's who I am. He is identifying who he is. And when you start to recognize who he is for its entirety, last thing you'll talk about is some old dude who can't do something because he thinks he has a limit. And you'll start trying stuff. How do I know this to be true? Well, he died on the cross. Resurrected himself. That's pretty good. What's my lived experience, though? Everybody said, don't start a church. Do you know how many Super Bowls I've preached on? Quite a few. This wasn't supposed to work. Here I am. You know pastors, because... Here we are. There's all kinds of, not just trifecta. God has done, um, do you guys know who the eight ladies are? How'd that happen? Because God started a church. And once you stop thinking there's a limit and start saying, well, can I talk to this old lady, Linda, who looks like she's from the 60s with this big flowery, does she know anything about, she can't know anything about starting a church. Or maybe she can and this other old guy, Jack, wears the same black outfit every single time you see him with the same cross thing with the weird symbol. Like, what is that? Does he know anything? Where are they now? Both of them. They're both retired. Now we got to do it on our own. Is it going to work? Who knows? Who cares? We're going to get over our limits and we're going to perceive that God is doing things and we're going to enjoy when we get to do weddings. Amen? Amen. When people have children, we get to dedicate them. When people lose a life that they love, then we get to help them honor it. When people figure out who Jesus is and say, 
immerse me. I want to be immersed. In fact, I want to be immersed so that I can be infused. That's when it starts to work. And when that starts to happen, you'll you'll have some weird moments where you're singing worship songs and you're going, I don't know if we can sing that anymore. I might have to have a discussion at staff meeting because that line, I don't know if we could say that line no more. Sitting in the front row, so how could he fail us now? You know, you know what word he canceled long before limits? Fail. He never fails. No, we're going to keep that song or we're going to keep that line. Why? Because you're not a jerk Pharisee, Scott. No. <laughs> um, because it, that's the way we say it. For us to understand it, it helps us in our perception. It helps us understand that he's altogether different than us. Amen? Amen. What's the word for that, altogether different? Say holy. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen? Man, that was a long time on one filling. Somebody was a little excited today, right? And may it always be said it wasn't about the Super Bowl. I hope it swiftly ends. So I can go Mahomes. The only thing I care about this Super Bowl is what food I'm going to eat, really. And then I want to mock somebody who loses. That's just Isn't it terrible that we lost? Uh, my word for the year is no. No, it's not. It's not terrible that we lost. All right, let's get through this, because I know some of you are panicked because... You have four hours to get ready to the Super Bowl, and you're like, hey, we got to get out of here. Got to mix the dip. You're going to have to listen to this dip for a minute before you can mix your dip, okay? Um, he, <clears throat> he breaks unbelievable ground when he commands and embodies the character and existence of God. Um, what you're realizing kind of right now, it's starting to sink in. I already gave away this point when I said the most important thing wasn't the healing of the 38-year guy. It's him coming out as identifying as God. How do we know? Because he commands it. Who could command the sea to stop? The sea to part? The dead to rise, the bleeding to be healed, the invalid to stand up. There's, there's only one entity in charge of that stuff. Some of you know we have cancer survivors in this room. I said plural. Because he has no limits. And he commands stuff. If the God of all creation and the universe and hopefully you can command anything, what are you asking for? Will you, will you bless this food for dinner? Just like you blessed the food last night and the night before. And tomorrow I'm going to ask you to bless this food to our use. Hey, bless your food every time you eat. Amen? But should you be asking for more? Absolutely. You know anybody who's been sick for a long time? You know anybody depressed? 
You know anybody that lost anything? Do you know anybody that's afraid of what's coming? Scared? Doubt? All those despicable demons that sneak in? We should be on our knees. We should be making lists. Every time I open this, I see a lit, I pray. Every time I do this, before I do it, I pray. Before I walk into an important meeting, I pray, God, what, have, what do you want me to be in this meeting? What do you want me to say in this meeting? Do I need to shut my mouth? Is it someone else's turn? Do I need to take over? What are you commanding right now? What's your character? One of the greatest things we have about Jesus is his humanity. How he figured out how to walk the earth as God in human form. Unbelievable. And then he shows it to us. There's a subtle thing that we've missed. We talked about it a little bit, but he says, you know, guys, you, you read it. It was in the writings. It was in the scriptures. Then you heard it because I have all these witnesses. You read it. You heard it. Now I'm here and you're seeing it. When are you going to believe that God's on the scene? God with us has happened. It's so great. Easter is going to be even better. I'm going to rename Easter. You're going to have to wait till Easter. But I got, a, I got a new name for Easter coming up. That'll be a little bit fun. All right, let's hit the last one. Um, when he walks in fulfillment of every witness. Let's name those witnesses really quick. Did God witness about him? Yes. yes. Did John the Baptist? Yes. Moses? The scriptures? Yes. Did he say his own actions witness that he was the son of man? Yes. Yeah, were there more witnesses than that? Yeah, because the, <laughs> the Pharisees and the Jews, they admitted it. You're witnessing against yourselves. What's the witness that's missing? your witness the only witness that was really important in that story is that they witnessed to themselves that yeah it's him I'm in we found the one on which all the law and the prophets spoke the son of man what, what witness do you have that he's real that he's still alive that he's still working that he's still here what are your doubts and, and what are your perceptions that are getting in the way that you're allowing to be limits and yet you know you have some witnessing, some things that have happened in your life, some lived experiences. The fact that some of you are still married, that's a miracle. <laughs> some of us, it's a miracle we're still alive. Some of us have seen miracles in all kinds of ways. Those are, those are witnesses that you've suffered tremendous loss and you, and you made it through. You're still here. Let's do that for a minute. Let's figure out how to, how to keep going. And then, look at this. Look at all these verses, right? All these different witnesses. Huh? Why do I give you those? So you can read it back yourself later. Yeah? Why, is he, why does he do this? Why does he give us scripture? Why did he come himself? Why, why was he God with us? Why does he give us hope? Prophets. 
Moses, Abraham, why did you let us still get to come here on Sunday mornings? You know, it was a little while ago, uh, we weren't even allowed to be in this room, according to some. It was the worst time of my life, I think. Two weeks to slow the spread. I follow Ed Noble on his podcast, Journey Communities Church in La Mesa, California. I started 15 years ago. I'm like less than four years behind. <laughs> Not quite catching up one every week. I just started March of 2020. I'm getting to listen to Ed and his church talk through the beginning weeks of pandemic. It's traumatizing for me. Why? Because my lived experience during those two and a half years, in some ways it's not over. There's still people wearing masks while they're riding their bike outside. That's not why it's so traumatizing. They try to shut us down. They try to do all kinds of things. I put limits on me and my perception. I look back to that time and wonder, was I doing as much as I could have, should have? How much am I trusting in the Lord for all things? Ed said this, and I, really hard. He's, and he, he says it the way only Ed can say it. He's, he's, he's a little bit of a jokester. He's got a great sense of humor. Most of the stuff he says with a little tongue-in-cheek, he's like, hey, you know, guys, hey, this is bad, and we're all, we're all distancing each other. But hey, remember, God's bigger than this. These little passing statements. All right, get in your Bibles. We're going to look at this. And I was like, ah. I mean, I believed it, but did I believe it? And the worst times for me are when I see myself putting limits or having skewed perceptions, thinking that fail can happen. And I remember, that's not my God. He is in almost no way related to the Oakland Raiders. Praise God. <laughs> We're going to have a little fun here or I'm not coming. Um, it, some of you, uh, some of you need to make that decision, and so, and that there's a decision to accept Christ and say, okay, I'm in. I accept you as Lord and Savior. I'm I'm believing this God with us thing, the Christmas, the Easter, the death, the resurrection, the ascension, the writings, all the witnesses. I'm I'm in. Some some of you need to like put your hands out like this and just go. All right, God, I give it to me. Some of the rest of us, we have some limits and perce some perceptions that we're holding on to, and we need to put our hands out and just be like, all right, God, here I am. Do, do me a favor. Let me put your hands out like this. Don't touch anybody, okay? <laughs> we got some pirates in here. Do, do this position before God once in a while. Hands faced up. All right, Lord. 
Sure am. We want to do. Lord, be with us. Uh, break the things we called limits. Heal our perceptions. Show us your character, what you command and embody. That we might be a witness as well. Thank you for all you've given us. Namely and foremost, yourself. We praise you this day for those who have accepted you, for those who are accepting a little direction from you. We thank you for the offering that you're about to give. Pray that you bless what happens here in your name. And that you will bless those who cannot give and those who can. With no distinction. We thank you for how we get to worship in this moment. And teach us to trust you in all things. Amen? Amen. following us online I was just thinking about this the other just type in a little hey it's three little letters just let us know you're there it's a way for us to be together even when we're apart just type in hey three letters is too much type in yo two letters okay we just want to know who's with us and pray for you and honor you what ground do you want him to break What are the limits that need to be broken? The perceptions that need to change? May He break some of the ground in your life. Amen? Go with Him.